I think the culture of stars is toxic, and, and I dislike the idea of stardom. So I wouldn't want to be a star. That's the first thing. If I'd be famous for something, I would love to be known for my efforts in education. I'd love to be an academic helping students and then colleagues navigate better these times. It's a time of multiple crises. It's not an easy time for anyone. And that is what I'd love to be known, but not as a star. The Digital to Learn podcast is dedicated to exploring both what's new and what's good in the use of technology in teaching and learning. Our mission is to have the best minds sitting in front of our microphones, sharing evidence-based strategies for digital teaching and learning. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Thank you for joining us. And now, the Digital to Learn podcast. Welcome to the Digital to Learn podcast. I'm Tiffany Snyder, and I'm here with my co-host, Brad Garner. Hey, Brad. Hey, Tiffany. I was just Googling for a joke about podcasts, but you'll be happy to know that I wasn't able to find one. So. Oh, every time I get so nervous if you're just going to say it's good to be here or if you're going to continue on. So I'm, I was nervous for a minute, but it sounds like you're behaving yourself. So I guess we just get to. For the moment. Yeah. For the moment. <laughs> this is a really exciting opportunity for us. I think all of our listeners know how much we love getting folks on the podcast to talk about their books. Just the title of the book makes me intrigued. And I'm sure that that was intentional on the writing part, but who wouldn't want to read this? The title is What Undermines Higher Education and How This Impacts Employment, Economies, and Our Democracies. If you work in higher ed, it's questions and topics that are so pertinent. How could you not want to lean into this conversation? So we are excited to welcome the co-authors to the show. Dr. Stefan Popanici is a scholar with 25 years of experience in teaching, research, and leadership in higher education with universities in Europe, North America, Southeast Asia, New Zealand, and Australia. Stefan is currently working as academic lead quality initiatives at Charles Darwin University in Australia. He was a senior advisor of the Minister of Education in Romania on educational reform and research a senior consultant of the president of De La Salle University Philippines on research and internationalization, and a consultant for various international institutions on innovation and education. For his work and strategic leadership in education, the president of Romania knighted him with the order Merit of Education. His research is focused on the impact of new technologies in teaching and learning and quality assurance and renewal in higher education. Dr. Sharon Kerr is a research affiliate with the University of Sydney and general manager of the Australian College of Disability and Community Services. She is a global educator specializing in inclusive curriculum for students with a disability, utilizing assistive technology. For over 30 years, she has pursued technology-based innovation to underpin equity of access to education. In 1992, she co-published a world-first multimedia educational package, Japanese Tutor and in 2004 led the team that develops the first suite of online university degrees offered in Australia. She brings to the discussion on AI and higher education a mission to ensure that those with a disability are not left behind and the value of inclusive practice both to the individual and their communities. Together, Stefan and Sharon co-authored What Undermines Higher Education and How This Impacts Employment, Economies, and Our Democracies. Please join us in welcoming to the Digital to Learn podcast, Stefan Popanici and Sharon Kerr. 
Welcome, Stefan. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, and can you tell the folks where you're joining us from today? Stephanie, you are up there in crocodile land, aren't you? (laughs) Yes. yes. (laughs) In Darwin. So uh, right up the very top of Australia, if you can think of where Crocodile Dundee was filmed. That's where Stefan's coming from. Oh. (laughs) And I'm down in Sydney. So I'm right next to the Harbour Bridge with my apartment looks over the Harbour Bridge. So if you can think of the postcards you see of Australia, Stefan's with the crocodiles and I'm here with the Harbour Bridge. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, I'm in a university. I'm with, with the crocodiles. Yes. <laughs> with the mascot, at least, is a crocodile, right? <laughs> no, I just had to point that out because I do believe, I could be wrong, Brad, but these are our first guests from Australia. Is that true? It is. It is. That's true. And it's exciting That's true. for us. Yeah. Arranging a time was tricky, but we did it and we appreciate you all for joining us so early. <laughs> So our second guest on the podcast, who you just heard from, is Sharon Kerr. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you so much. This is so exciting to be part of this. Glad you're here. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Can we get the fun started? I want to get the fun started, but I was just getting ready to say that of the two of us, you're more associated with fun than I am, I think. So I think you need to get started. Okay. So we'd like to ask questions of our guests that are kind of a little bit off target in terms of their topic of discussion. And the first question for both of you is, what would your coworkers say is your most annoying habit or behavior? Sharon, why don't you start us out? Look, this makes me giggle because I'm probably quicker to come up with something annoying about Stefan than I am about myself. But uh, the... So just, in, just in case he doesn't know what to say about him, look, what's annoying about Stefan is that he often speaks about the doom of different things and unfortunately he turns out to be right. But um, what would people say about me? Let me think. I think that people find that my big picture focus is very frustrating and Mm. it's Mm. yeah that's what I think that they find and they think look but we just want to talk about this but I'm thinking about much bigger picture so they find that frustrating. So Stefan you can tell us something annoying about Sharon and then also something (laughs) annoying about yourself. Yes, I don't know if it's annoying about Sharon. It's just I care very much about Sharon. It's the kind of intellectual I admire and I like. But one of the things that is difficult for other colleagues is that she is able to see big challenges and then run for it. And sometimes this is very challenging for people who are more inert, to put it mildly. (laughs) And about me, I don't know. I'm lucky to have wonderful colleagues here at Charles Darwin University, and, and I think it's annoying that I insist to keep academic life alive. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, well, not for them. We find that endearing rather than annoying. So that's a great thing. <laughs> All right. Second question for each of you. Who would fall into the category of a hero or role model that you have but have never met? So for this one, I'll go ahead and throw it over to Stefan to start. This is a difficult question for me because I always had a hero to follow and then that changed as I grew up and then they still represent a lot for my identity. When I was three years old, my hero was Shakespeare. 
And wow. my father had a friend, and, and this is in the 70s in Romania under <laughs> communist dictatorship. My father had this friend with long hair and a beard. That was very <laughs> unusual. And I called him Shakespeare. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I love that. that. For me, he was Shakespeare, definitely. Oh, so, yes. I don't know. I think I'll stay now with Michelangelo. I really admire his mind and his art. Yeah. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Can I also add, we talked about this being their first guest from Australia. Mm-hmm. But Stefan is our first official knight to be on our show. Uh, he was awarded Order of the Merit of Education by the president of Romania. And he is an official knight. So maybe we just call him Sir Stefan? I don't know. Is that, no, is no, that no, 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 no. That's the... <laughs> He's very modest, Brad. About I, didn't mean to embarrass, I didn't mean to embarrass you. Absolutely. Love that. So Sharon, who's your hero? My trouble is with heroes that uh, you have them and then you find out a little bit more information down the track a few years ago and, and then you think, oh, no, I don't want to identify with that person as my hero after all. I used to have a prime minister here in Australia. His name was Gough Whitlam. And in the 1970s, he was the leader here. And he actually opened up all of higher education and made it free. And so that it didn't matter what background you came from, if you were poor, whatever background, you could access education. And for me, he was my hero and and I never met him, but seeing the, the power of education for social mobility for people. So that's a bit of a serious answer to the question. But then I heard out, as you do about politicians, other things after that, but he's my hero. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful thing for him to do. Yeah, it really was. He gave back land to our Indigenous population as well. And if you Google him, Gough Whitlam and land rights, you'll actually see some footage of up near where (laughs) Stefan is. He was actually pouring the land, the soil, back into the hands of the traditional owners and saying, this is your land. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, very. And really, even for my research, for my studies, for my focus, that has been informative. So, yeah, go with them. I have the picture that I showed you is uh, my solution against cynicism. Every time I'm losing hope, what happened then, how he gave back the land, it wasn't a popular move. It was a very hard thing to do. And then this gives me energy to work for education and then for what I believe in. That is excellent. That's huge. The times I've been in Australia speaking at conferences, I've always been so impressed that at the beginning of the conference, typically the person opening that session will acknowledge the Indigenous peoples who live in that area, which I think is such a wonderful practice. Yeah. Yeah. And Brad, look where I'm living as you think of the postcard of Sydney with the Harbour Bridge. And that area there is called Kirribilli, which is an Aboriginal word for fishing, you know, a land of a lot of fish. And this was just a wonderful, wonderful area where the traditional owners lived. And it was dreadful what happened back at an invasion point here in Australia, the Camaragal people in this area. There's 76,000 people 
alive now who can put their heritage to this area and not one of them is in the electoral roll. That's the impact of them being sent to the outskirts of our city all those years ago. And so I'm joining you from the land of the Camaragal people. Mm, thank you for that. Yeah. Having heard this information, it makes me want to just do a spinoff series to learn more. I mean, we could really dive into the history and the culture that you're talking about and the impact on education. That could mm. be its own podcast, let alone its own show. Yeah. So. Well, actually, Tiffany, because I'm uh, in Darwin, this remote location that is in beautiful London and in the tropics, not far from where I am now, you can see paintings and writings on rock, 30, 40,000 years old. Mm. This is the oldest mm. living culture in the world. And then the, yeah. the wealth and then the richness is a humbling experience. I'm grateful that I'm on their land, in the land of Larakia people. Mm. That is beautiful. I regret that we didn't do a budget analysis, Brad, to see what it would cost for us to just go ahead and head on over to Australia and do this podcast. Don't I think we should. I think we should. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> it's a wonderful place to visit. Wonderful place. Indeed. And, and for history. I mean, ah. Okay. And my next question, advice that you would give to anyone who's contemplating writing a book. So Brad's written books. I haven't. So let's just pretend this is an intervention for me. I'm contemplating writing a book and I come to you and say, what advice do you have? What would you say? Look, I would say if you're doing it for fame or for fortune, forget about it. If you're doing it from passion, because you've really got something that you believe needs to be said, then go for it and just keep going and to have a humble attitude and to take input from others and be passionate about your journey of discovery with it. Thank you. Not Excellent thinking you've answer. got all the answers, yeah. We had a guest a while back, Young Zhao, who'd written, I think, 30 books. Wow. And his advice to our listeners was, <laughs> if you want to learn about a topic, even if you don't know much about it, write a book about it. You will learn yeah. so much <laughs> during the process. Yeah. And I think that's true. Yeah. But as you mentioned, Sharon, you also realize how little you knew when you started. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's identifying that, hey, there is an issue here that really needs to have the spotlight shot on it and doing whatever it takes to learn about that particular issue or whatever you're trying to focus on. What about you, Stefan? What do you reckon? I think if you plan to write a book, and I hope you plan that, Tiffany, <laughs> the, the, the best advice I have is to respect your readers, uh, genuinely. Mm -hmm. Think about their time. Think about why they want to. If you'd have two readers and that's it, you have to respect them and then give them something they don't know and then treat them as you treat yourself. Don't waste their time. There are too many books, especially education, that don't say anything. You read them and then you realize <laughs> it's just a soup of words. That's good. I agree. I agree. That is excellent advice. Excellent advice. Well, this should be 
easy for you because we already consider both of you to be superstars. Mm -hmm. But if you could be a superstar in any field of your choice and able to perform amazing acts in any field, <laughs> what would you pick? <laughs> Stefan, why don't you go first? I'm going to, not to answer with a question, but by a bit of disclosure, I think the culture of stars is toxic. And, and I dislike mm -hmm. the idea of stardom. So I wouldn't want to be a star. That's the first thing. If I'd be famous for something, okay, I would love to be known for my efforts in education. I'd love to be an academic helping students and then colleagues navigate better these times. It's a time of multiple crises. It's not an easy time for anyone. And that sure, is sure. what I'd love to be known, but not as a star. Yeah. Sharon. Look, I can honestly say, Brad, that I have spent absolutely no time in my life thinking about what star I would like to be. So I find this a really difficult question and I'm trying to not give a, a heavy answer with it. But uh, look, I'd have to say along the same lines as Stefan, I'd like to be brave. I'd like to be to be known mm. as being brave, I think, you know, so, you know, the brave heart or something in our ancient history or something like that. But yeah, I think to be brave, to be bold and to not necessarily be a respecter of persons for who they are, but a respecter of all people for mm -hmm. who they are. Mm -hmm. And I think our listeners have just been given a glimpse into the hearts of Stefan and Sharon. Mm -hmm. uh, and why they're Their humility, their, their concern for others, their lack of desiring that stardom. That's, that's a beautiful thing. Unexpected answers, but I thank you very much. Can I just tell you, Brad, that I actually I really like your question because I did at one point a nationwide survey with students at the end of high school. And then the question was, do you have role models and how do they influence you? And then the vast majority said they have role models. And then there's a very important driver. But this is not in contradiction with what I said about my dislike for the culture of stardom. <laughs> <laughs> and I am sure that each of you are a role model for your students mm -hmm. in the ways that you conduct yourself, mm -hmm. the seriousness of your work, mm -hmm. the ways that you value their learning and who they are as people. So it's an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you so much, Brad. And thank, thank you, you, Tiffany. Yeah. How did the two of you meet and become collaborators? There's a lot of commonalities, but there's also, there's some differences here. It's a really neat combination hearing from both of you in the same, even Zoom room right now on the same podcast. So tell us a little bit about how you got connected. Well, <laughs> this is where we really hope that Tiffany and you, Brad, are, are good at pushing the pause button or the stop button when we start oh. talking because, <laughs> because you, you get us going on this and, and we keep going. But we were both working at the same university and I had been previously looking after the online education for that university and had gone into starting up a nationwide accessibility centre, which was providing conversions of material into alternate formats for people with disabilities and was doing a whole lot of work back then. This is, 
just trying to think when it was, was it 2008, Stefan, around that time? Stefan's nodding there. So, and I was developing ebooks, accessible ebooks, as a way of overcoming access barriers for people with disabilities. And I'd gone to our deputy vice chancellor at that time and said, look, I'd like to run a trial on ebooks. And again, this is 2008. And uh, they said, that's fine, but not in this university. No one will <laughs> ever, ever, the, uh, <laughs> will, <laughs> no one will ever use ebooks. And it's a threat to the publishing. And this is absolutely true, you know. So, and cheekily then, and was very cheeky, I then went to the Vice-Chancellor and asked him if he would like me to uh, do an e-book for him. And so, yes, um, that was Professor Schwartz, and you can look that up on your Google and you'll see discussions with him in The Guardian, and he was one of the first academic e-books that were published and made available. So... Stefan was working in one of the centres under the person who said there will never be an e-book. And so we became conspirators, you know, of, and this started, is good. This started is talking good. about, you know, where we saw education going and how passionate we were about things and how ridiculous different things were. And so it was right from the start, that passion about seeing where education was going and what we needed to do as individuals. So I'm zipping my mouth now, so I'll let others speak. So it's over to you, Stefan. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I remember very well we've met and, and uh, why this was very important for our collaboration, because I was working in this group, as, as Sharon said, and Sharon stopped talking with my boss and, and she stopped for a, a brief chat in my office. And I was blown away by what she was saying and the kind of initiative she had at that time. Extraordinary stuff. And I remember I went home and I said to my wife, you know, this is crazy. I've met this lady and then I've said all the projects and all the things. I said, but nobody told me that this is happening. I don't know what's going on. So, and then after that, we were talking and then I, I can only repeat what Sharon said. We became a subversive resistance. <laughs> Uh, in the university, uh, <laughs> for education. Yeah, it went from there. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I love it. You know we don't want to press pause on this conversation, but we have to week after week. So we are going to stop here for part one on the Digital to Learn podcast with Stefan and Sharon. And we're going to come back next week to revisit these same topics and dig a little bit deeper in their book, What Undermines Higher Education and How This Impacts Employment, Economies, and Our Democracies. So please join us next week and check out the resources and link to their book on the Digital to Learn website, digitaltolearn.com with numerical two. See you next week. Thank you for joining us on Digital to Learn. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are three things we ask you to do. One, come back and join us again. Two, tell your friends about us. And three, Give us a positive ranking on your favorite podcast platform. Digital to Learn is brought to you by the Center for Learning and Innovation at Indiana Wesleyan University. Embrace the future. Always keep learning.